Before we get started, this episode of the Food Grower Podcast is sponsored by Natural Grower. Natural Grower's award-winning liquid fertilizer, plant feed, and soil conditioner is made entirely from maize. It's naturally rich in nitrogen, potash, phosphate, and other trace elements that plants and vegetables love. And it's approved by the Soil Association, Vegan Society, and Biodynamic Association. The concentrated natural fertilizer can be poured around the base of plants, whilst the plant feed and soil conditioner can be mixed into the soil or used as a mulch on the surface as a long-term, slow-release fertilizer on all outdoor and indoor plants. Both Jack and I have been using the natural grower products this year and have seen amazing results, and we have a fantastic 15% off the entire natural grower range for you. Simply go to naturalgrower.co.uk and enter foodgrower15 at checkout. This episode is also brought to you by Direct Plants Limited, and specifically their amazing range of polytunnels. We use these strong and affordable tunnels on both Jack's Patch and Fanfield Farm, and we love them. Direct Plants manufacture the tunnels themselves so that you can buy your polytunnel direct from the manufacturer, and not just any manufacturer, but from growers too, so that they really understand what you need. These traditional high-quality polytunnels are available in a range of sizes to fit your growing needs, and they're manufactured here in the UK in Norfolk. We're delighted to bring you a brilliant 10% off the entire range at directplants.co.uk. Simply head over there and use the code FOODGROWER at checkout. That's FOODGROWER, all one word, no spaces, at directplants.co.uk. Welcome to the Food Grower Podcast. I'm recording this just a couple of days before Christmas um, so that we can get this episode out to you. This was our little live Christmas party with our members of the Food Grower Academy with some Q&A, some reflections on the season, and we put some of our members to the test with our famous quickfire questions. I hope you enjoy our little Christmas special, and then we'll be back in the new year with season three of the Food Grower podcast. Have a great Christmas and happy new year. Hello. You're on. Nice. <laughs> We're on. Hi, guys. Uh, thanks for joining us for our, our little food grower Christmas party. Um, we're going to have a bit of fun, but uh, we're just thanks for joining us. And do jump into that chat box and say hello. We want to know who's here. We know who we're talking to. And uh, we also want to get your questions for a little bit later on. So if you've got any questions at all, ping them in now. Or because we're doing this as a bit more of an interactive meeting style, then you can just say that you've got a question in the chat. And we can bring you on, unmute you, um, and do it that way. And you can you can ask the question directly if you like, and we can have a bit of a chat about it. But if you don't want to do that, that's absolutely fine as well. You can just post the question and we'll answer it. Um so Jack, how are you doing, man? Yeah, good. I was just gonna say if anyone wants to be on camera, if you've got a uh, Christmas jumper on, uh feel free to 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 show it. Um, but yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. I mean it's it's right around the corner and it feels like it's already been here with snow. I mean, before Christmas, I haven't seen that since I was a kid. So really, really interesting. But I mean, it's ruined loads of stuff um, at the patch, but got to get on with it. Got to get on with it. How about, has it been for you? 
Yeah, I mean, man, it's been cold, hasn't it? Like it's it's I haven't I don't remember in the last couple of years cold like that. And I'm 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 a southerner, so we haven't had it proper cold either. But um there was there was good minus figures and we were just talking about before how like we've sort of taken for granted some of the winters we've had and that we normally think chard and kale with a bit of fleece or in the polytunnel will survive almost anything. But actually the temperatures didn't get back up for like a week or or longer so they were in the minus just constantly and and so we, we lost a lot of stuff hit this end as well um yeah even that, those plants cabbages and stuff in the polytunnel were oh that those stuff is uh those stuff those vegetables are water-based as well so i think you said about having a sunny frost um, yeah. did, what did you call it sunny frost so it'll throw it freeze then it'll thaw out during the day I mean, it hasn't even thawed out. So it's just froze, froze, frozen, and it's just killed. It's just wiped out the plant. The only thing that hasn't been wiped out are herbs and kale. I mean, some of the kale's still going. I don't think you can ever kill the um, Cavonero. <laughs> I've not seen anything kill that yet except butterflies. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, uh, chard, celery, goodbye. See you next year. Um, and then they're just wait, waiting for garlic and stuff now. Um, but yeah, man, uh, looking forward. I'm glad there's some people on. I'm look, we're looking forward to answering your questions as well. Um, and we're going to put these prizes to be won as well. So we're going to get you to answer some questions that we go through on the podcast as well. Um, and there's chances for prizes as well. So, I mean, the luck's in your favour yeah. there's only a few of you guys on so it's uh there's chances for people to win absolutely absolutely well i've i've failed at finding a christmas jumper and um, as you can see i'm still unpacking from a bit of a move but i've got my drink my festive drink in hand so i'm I'm ready to go um so i mean we just spoke about things dying a little bit and we said we'd start this off with a bit of a season review because it's it's essentially nearly the end of the year isn't it so um let's let's go with a few positives as well because there has been some real positives in the way that things have grown this year i mean we have had extreme weather conditions and still been able to grow loads of our own food so yeah what's some what's some positives from your growing year jack um i think it was what what i for me has been a nemesis plant because i've always let the uh polytunnel be the tomato tunnel i've just it's a high value crop so i've just been that's tomatoes marigolds, basil, and never really edged in any peppers or aubergine about to survive outdoors and where the weather was so consistently hot from like all summer, um, I grew outdoor aubergines and they grew really, really well. Um, so that was a definite win. So a plant that I've found hard for years to cultivate, had a good year, doubled down hard on them, made sure, looked after them, maintained them the way they should be maintained to produce more fruit. Um, yeah, and it had a lot of success. But I actually, what me and Chris sometimes um, have spoken about in podcasts previous is weather challenges for different people. If you've spoke to anyone abroad, uh, like JM40 always fights the snow in um, early in the spring and, and in the autumn. And it's just interesting to see how they fight it with like extend, extended polytunnels, uh, outdoor caterpillar tunnels. And, um, yeah, this year for us, it was the heat, wasn't it? So interesting ways to like soak the land, hydrate the land, um, mulch a lot more to keep that, um, hydration in the soil. Um, 
I had some mini ponds to help me with my slug issue. And I think that helped. Um, yeah, but mulching was a big one for me this year and just making sure that everywhere was hydrated. And then also having little areas where wildlife could sit and take a drink because it's important for me. I've like built it and they'll come, uh, but I want to keep them there. So having little hydration stations for the animals was uh, was pretty cool. How about yourself? Yeah, you, you've done a bit of that lately as well, haven't you? Because the, the snow and the cold with, with birds, like especially little birds that are around at the moment, like robins, lose a lot of their body weight. And so you've done a bit of that and, and, and looking after that wildlife this week. Yeah, it was important to me that um, just saw a post from Plot 81 and she has like a robin that she feeds. It like lands on her hand or like eats food out of her hand. I think I, lo- I love seeing it, but just seeing a robin's in the garden, realising, oh, they're not accessing any soil. So they're always near me if I was disturbing any soil. Um, but then there was days where I weren't even there. So I just thought, right, let's... Uh, Saw some bird feeding Aldi, the middle aisle, <laughs> that trusty middle aisle section from Aldi. And yeah, just, uh, yeah, just gr- grabbing it and thinking, how can I make an area where they can, like, so higher up so there was no uh, cats to potentially get the birds, but just giving them, that, giving them that extra food source, which they need this time of year, where they lose 10% of body weight per day flying around looking for more food and keeping themselves warm at night. So, I mean, you could, birds can be losing half their body weight in five days, which is nuts. Oh, it's like the ultimate um, weight loss plan, isn't it? <laughs> Just turn into a bird. <laughs> I, saw, I saw the video, man. I really liked it. And I saw that you, uh, I loved the point where you tried to use the, um, like, the the those um spade like whole spade and it was like no it's frozen fuck that off and and then to get a normal spade up it it hit the ground and vibrated through my body I was like oh (laughs) love it love it um just whilst I'm here just quickly if you are yeah if you're here basically do jump in the chat and say hello we've got uh hi there naomi from the tree bird and lilliput market garden in bath and hi i'm chris custodian of a thoroughly frozen allotment in manchester we definitely feel you with that one chris it's exactly the same down here on the uh on what they call the sunny south coast but hasn't been today um yeah, yeah. so um uh, this year, I think again, it's it's been like like yours, Jack's story of like Mediterranean veg for me. I mean, tomatoes were a massive success last year. Blight was a real problem because we had a very wet summer. This year, I worked hard at getting tomatoes really big and strong and in the ground in May, and worked hard to protect them and and get them strong. And we were picking tomatoes by like the second week of June, which is insane for us normally, just in a polytunnel without any heating. Um, and then we were picking them right up till October, mid to late October, which is a great tomato season. Like a little bit came through. But with some sort of non non invasive, non chemical treatments, which just like bicarbonate and that sort of stuff, it came through and and they kept producing. And we we now, I mean, I've still got I think twenty five kilos of tomatoes in the freezer in wow. big bags because I just haven't been able to keep up with making the the sauces and and chutneys and things. But um, yeah, if anyone's watching from my family, good luck because you're getting chutney for Christmas. <laughs> um. But also just it made us think a little bit outside the box. Like you say, we thought about um, mulches, which have become like I took them for granted the year before. This year they became really, really important. 
um and and saw the double benefits of those not only keeping water in but keeping like um weeds at bay a little bit and those sorts of things and and eventually those being incorporated into the soil and feeding the soil web so the soil food web so massively and then got had to get a bit inventive with with irrigation and sort of work out really what works for that how we were going to do it um like at, at like an allotment up the road that we were working at couldn't use the hose pipe because there's a hose pipe bam right well we need to find a way of pumping um captured rainwater out of those water butts so that it wasn't just going back and forth for hours with with things so yeah really really good year of learning and observing what might be a little sort of introduction into what maybe growing in the UK might move to. Um, does, do you think that that, that that's realistic? I know obviously our weather seems to go with bells and curves and, and troughs and peaks, but it does feel, especially the last few months that we are getting a bit more of like an extreme weather, not extreme to the point where we're like <laughs> earthquakes, but you know what I mean? Like when it's hot, it's really hot. When it's cold, it seems to be really cold. When it rains, it really rains. Sort of reminds me of like holidays in the south of France kind of weather sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've we've had it almost like too good for a long time. And um, now going into growing food, it's almost like how do we become more resilient? Um, because if this does carry on as a trend, um, not sure really. No, I'm not really sure what to believe on like how extreme it's going to go. Um, because there's so much information about it getting colder as well as climate change it getting hotter. So anyway, no matter what, it's going to be harder for people to grow food. Um, and I think we've felt that the last couple of years we've had lot of extreme extremities in our weather and this is why we want to be there for you guys as well as a community so we can all kind of between us all we've all got the pieces to uh, and tips and tricks that i may know or you guys may know that can help each other fit the puzzle to to help each other like grow abundantly and i think that's why i think next year is going to be the community is really going to be uh kicking in because of that so it's like, oh, this has happened and we can just troubleshoot that straight away. Um, I think because we're luckily just having an experience of had an allotment for like three years, then been on a market garden four years and and seen some uh, farms abroad as well. It's just experience, experiencing luck. I feel blessed that I've, I've had those extremities of weather. Some of that was really cold, cold and wet. Oh, excuse me. And then having a really dry summer, then having a, just a good summer um, or loads of bugs because every year you're spitting feathers like what is going on and you feel like the world's against you, but you're learning. Um, mm. And at the end of the season, you're like, what have I took from that? And and then how do you apply that in the next year? Um, and it also gets a tiny bit expensive if you invest in like loads of uh, fleece because it was a cold year and then the next, this year I didn't even use fleece. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, it's a really good point. It is a massive learning curve, but it is one of the most um, rewarding things. And I've, I've spent a bit of time when when the really cold weather was in, sort of going through the like memories on your phone and looking at photos. <laughs> I love that my phone used to be like going out and I used to be on radio and those sorts of cool pictures. Now it's just plants, 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 plants. And obviously my, my daughter now, but um, yeah, it's mainly filled with plants. And going back and just looking at some of those photos from the spring and the summer, 
and, and what we we were doing and what we achieved and and uh yeah there's a there's a section in the discord community actually that is about targets and that's something that we will be um, putting out a little bit of content around in january about coming up with targets and what you want to get from this year and then moving into crop planning which is going to be a course that's coming very early january um and i'm actually going to take you through um crop planning for a sort of medium to large sized allotment um and we'll also make available our template for our crop planning that's that, that we have for for that as well so it's exciting it's exciting stuff and then you get to do the really fun bit of ordering all your seeds for the year so i'm looking forward to that and looking forward to next year um jack you've got a lot of changes going on um, what are you looking forward to for for uh, weird to say twenty twenty three, but as we go into twenty twenty three, the great the, the great thing for next year is going to be working on loads of different projects. So the patch is gone now. Uh, four years have come to an end at that place, which is sad. But but now like moving into um, like doing some rooftop spaces. I'm just doing a terrace garden at a pub at the minute. Um, uh, working on another farm, working on a food forest. So many things that I can show you guys and talk to you guys through as I'm doing it. Um, if it's in your area, I'd say come down, volunteer, uh, some help for sure. Because um, one of them's in Nottingham. Uh, one of them's near Gatwick as well. Um, and there's going to be a few more dotted about, but I just want to get uh, more involved with uh, the community here as well. So educate everything we do, just educate educate everyone talk to everyone about what what's happening because i'm going to see loads of different spaces and loads of different different types of growing soils and weeds and how to tackle them so i'm really looking forward to the challenge of next year with the different spaces and also get to not just focus on what's happening at the patch it's like different environments will be like oh i get to do a food forest here so there'll be things i've never done before and that's what i like about it is the learning side of it it's exciting, isn't it? It's really exciting um, that, well, it, even when you say about soil types, we've got some really nerdy podcasts coming up and some nerdy webinars as well as we speak to some soil scientists. But I think that's exciting. Um, and it's exciting that we're both working on a couple of different projects, like you're working on a big clay project. I'm working on a sand soil project. So we'll be able to put together some webinars and some course content for here that will be able to compare the two and, and see those differences because we'll pretty much be short of chalk, which is very similar to sand, just a bit more extreme. We'll be covering some of the major soil types that you'll, you guys will probably be working with over the next year. So that's really exciting. Um, just say hello, Jan. He says, Jan here, hobby gardener and food grower from Switzerland. Um, hi, Liam here from Lodi Timber, trying to get our veg beds ready for 2023. Just to say, if you have a question, you can either put it straight into the chat box or let us know in the next couple of minutes. If you have a question and you want to ask it and we can unmute you um, and get you on to ask it, it'd be really great to get some questions flowing. Um, we could even uh, get Liam on if for that, if you want. If you, if, you, uh, if you want to put it in there, Liam, that's fine. If not, you can more than welcome to uh, verbally say it as well. Um, a couple of bits coming up for this year. Should we talk about that? Yes. So, I mean, a massive thank you to everyone that's here, but also everyone that has been part of the Academy for the last like nearly two months now since we, we launched it. We sort of launched it as Academy Light, 
we've got the community going we've got courses coming starting to come in now the webinars and q a sessions have been going but next year is going to be taking it to the next level and we're really excited about that because we've got some course content that is going to be coming out at the right time but we want to say thank you for you guys because you're still sticking around in times where we're not necessarily doing a lot in our growing spaces which we really appreciate because it's allowed us to get get the confidence up to keep food grow academy going and to, to produce this content that's going to be coming out next year some of that content is exciting well all of that content is exciting but it's going to be exciting for different people but crop planning as i mentioned is going to be a massive one in january that's a really exciting thing to be able to take you through because it's not something that we always do as if we're say a hobby grower a lot of hobby yeah. growers put the seeds in when the seed packet says and they get the crop when where or the veg when it's ready but there is a lot to be said, especially if we're trying to save money for our family or things like that, about crop planning and then having this veg available for the entire harvest period. So that's exciting. Um, I actually have a, a change similar to Jack's. Like we we are, um, we haven't talked about it much, but we are um, leaving the farm that we've built over the last couple of years. We're no longer running the veg box scheme from there, um, and we're moving to doing projects. I've got a smaller plot that we're starting up here, starting help, uh, consulting on building a lavender farm and some gardens in this area. So there is a really exciting part and, and course and a series of webinars that's going to come out whereas we jump onto zoom live me and jack and i've got a small a space that well i say sorry it's not necessarily a small space i'd say a space that's about the same as a large garden or two or three allotment plots and jack's going to take us through the different things to think about as we design that space so it'll be sort of like a, a space or growing space design course um permaculture observations all those sorts of things that we could take into account and i think that's going to be really fun yeah yeah i totally agree um it, i think what that what it is especially for uh you spoke about crop planning people i think that's the one question that no matter what book you read or no matter what you find on the internet it's very hard to tailor that for yourself yeah. um so like if we go through it and we can have like that template to go through a crop plan just so you don't have gaps in the garden which is super important because i think people enjoy the veg they've really looked after it harvested it took it out and it's like, oh, what do I put in now? Or And it's like a rush that, oh, I didn't seed something that's grown to a decent size to put in. Um, or like what what's plan B or what, um, how, what comes after that crop? Do I put in a root crop after a leafy green crop? What, what can I do? Um, mm. So, yeah, I think we want to just work with you guys how we would do it on a market garden scale, but then like make it bite size as well. That is like, uh, easy for you guys as well so i think that's important um it's a question i've always got in my dms all the time is like how, how do you like crop plan or how do you like think ahead um so i think that'd be really really valuable um but yeah all, all this stuff is going to be valuable and and like chris said the, as the month comes we want to be giving you uh content so you're not thinking oh remember there was a webinar three months ago about tomatoes but i'm doing my tomatoes now i think it's important that we give you it at the time so it's fresh in your memory jogs your memory to do something and then we're we're applying um we're applying the action straight away so um lot as i just want to second what chris said as well like thanks for sticking around these winter months and normally like you're not really thinking about the garden as much but 
it's coming before we know it spring will be here and we'll be uh, scrambling around but all we can say for now is um just focus on mulching the soil keep getting some soil down and um covering any spaces up so you give your soil a second a bit of a bit of like a boost for when spring comes awesome Love it. And yeah, we're going to go through those monthly tasks. Something we talked about when we first talked about what food grower will become after we started the podcast was the idea that a lot of us are always like, a lot of content that you see online is always like, this is what you should have done. And it's always a month too late. It's like, this is what you should be thinking about. Like, so in your tomatoes, but oh crap, I've forgotten. So we're going to hopefully be able to take you through exactly when you should be doing that. So that it gives you plenty of time to get that. So you're a month ahead rather than a month behind and chasing your tail because you're right. Spring jumps on us, then summer jumps on us and it, it gets overwhelming. And before we know it, there's weeds everywhere. The crops, the tomatoes have blight and I've got to do this and that. And so being able to plan for that and having a support community around you that are all essentially doing very similar tasks at very similar times is something that we're excited about next year. Defo. Right, we've got a, right. that question from Liam. Yeah, Liam, do you want to jump on or do you want us to just answer it? Um, so like, I'll ask on mute, but feel free if you don't want to, mate, that's fine. We'll just ask, uh, we'll um, answer it for you anyway. Um, it's, uh, it's not letting me ask to unmute, so... Liam, we'll, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we'll just answer that one, shall we? Let's go for it. Um, I can't see him. But please, if you have a question and you want to jump on with it, then please do. Um, and and just drop drop in the chat that you want to jump on and we'll see if we can unmute you um, or put your video on um, and, 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 and ask that away. So Liam says, question one, just for now, anything we can start to grow or sow in January outside or in our polytunnels? Um, I don't think it's necessarily too late to put in garlic. Nope. Um, so even some books as well will say like you can plant your garlic in Jan. Um, and at the minute we've gone through a bit of a period where it's like, I couldn't believe how mild it was today as I walked outside, mm. but there's, there's like a period as well. And garlic likes that cold to, um, to then trigger its growth. So even if you get it in the ground now, like, so the snow's melted, um, you can get it in the ground now, um, and yeah, you, could, you can start growing. Um, and then just make sure you put a decent mulch on. Just one uh, tip for garlic is I sow my garlic into the ground, and then I put like a foot of straw on top. Um, it's just like from a, a hay bale that I can get for like two pound fifty locally, and I just mulch the bed. And that foot will go, will be shrunk down by uh, the elements down to here. And it'll be a nice tight matting over the garlic. So the garlic will just push through that. And then that mulch is going to water it the whole whole season from now all the way up till June, July, uh, when you want to be taking it out. So I don't even water the garlic from now all the way till June, July. Even if it gets hot, like that mulch, you can always like scrape it back and see how well the soil's doing. Um, but yeah, I, I never water it. I just let, if it rains, it rains. Um, that straw seems to help make a nice little barrier and moisture barrier. Um, and also as well, like um, I'm moving herbs off the plot and also some uh, uh, fruit. 
And now is like the dormant stage. Are we still in that dormant stage, Chris? I know normally people do it in like yeah. November, but I feel like the roots are still dormant and you could transfer it now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to another spot and then just put some good compost in around it. Um, yeah, you, should, you shouldn't kill it. It should just go be like in a dormant stage. Um, and then, yeah, once spring comes, the soil warms up, those new roots, roots will develop. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're two great ones. I don't, And I think this year is sort of, it's, it's a strange one, but it's allowing us a little bit of leeway on our planting schedule. So I'm actually a bit behind, um, especially with the new project on garlic going in. It hasn't gone in yet. Um, the likes of, I've got a bit of uh, windowsill space that's on a nice um, sunny windowsill. So I'm going to do a few trays of broad beans and peas and things like that, that I can grow up into a resilient sized plug and then plant out when we're just sort of the other side of, of things. And, and as Jack said, we're still to get frosts. Um, we will still get more frosts. We tend to get more frosts in March and April in the UK than we do actually in what we call sort of the midwinter. Um, so we will, those garlics will still split into cloves and, and, and these things will develop. So there's still time pretty much, especially with how it looks, maybe, it might be a bit different if you're up in Scotland when the where, where it's really cold at the moment, but certainly where I am and potentially where you are, Jack, and sort of Midlands and more south, we're still able to plant some of those um, autumn, late autumn, early winter crops. Um, there's still time to put in if you want a bit of um, biodiversity on your plot. There's still time to put in your bulbs, um, especially if the, 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 the snow's gone now, tulips and all those sorts of things. Um, and Jack just touched on it, but fruit trees or any kinds of trees, this is still the dormancy period. So I've just done a brilliant order from one of our podcast sponsors, Direct Plants, got all my fruit trees, um, some bare roots, some in pots from raspberries, blueberries. I even got a grape, um, which is dormant at this period. Um, that will really add a, an extra sort of thing in the next couple of years to, to the patch. So, um, all of those things are there and obviously a bit of indoor growing of microgreens and mushrooms won't go amiss as well. So January yeah. isn't, um, yeah. It, it, December might feel like a little bit of like the snows here and can't plant anything, but January I'd, I'd run with it and, and just try it and, and seeds. We don't want to be wasting seeds, but if we use someone like premier seeds direct, they're quite cheap and you can just experiment and have a play. Like we had a play last year with doing some things earlier and seeing if we could get away with it. We might have got a late frost and it it wiped them out, but it was it was good fun to play around and see if I could get an early crop of radishes or an early crop of beets in the polytunnel, those sorts of things. I, I will say, Chris, you, if you can see in Chris's screen, the um, it's like the microgreen rack behind him. Um, if you have any indoor space, like any heat mats or whatever, I think a couple of years ago, I cheekily put like lettuce seeds and stuff in January, just like um, just done a few um lettuces and some like early, really early like mustards and stuff um but i had an indoor space this is only said if you've got like a warm room indoors like a like a garage that you can that that is like almost like a room temperature that you could germinate now and like i put them out into the polytunnel like feb march yeah. um and i just just thought why not by april when there was a hunger gap i had like salads um spring onions that was it spring onion was another one and i just thought oh that was quite interesting and exactly what chris said 
Um, Premier Seeds Direct, we have no affiliate to them. I think we just rate them because um, it's very affordable and there's like, it's an organic and non-organic section. Like we would go for the like organic, but still it's like a pound a packet and you're getting like a decent amount of seeds. So it is totally worth it. But yeah, why not? And we always champion mushrooms and microgreens and it's something to um, scratch that itch while you're waiting for spring. Yeah, I've, it feels weird because last week was like minus six to minus eight outside and inside, obviously just in a in a normal room that we spend a lot of time in. It's about 18, 20 degrees if you've got the heating on, um, if you're lucky to have the heating on and and uh, we've got a, a young baby, so I have to. <laughs> um, but I've got mushrooms growing, I've got oyster, pink oyster mushrooms that we've got through our partner React Tools and Urban Farm it. And there's, yeah, these I just opened the box this morning, had a little look and you can see the the mycelium and the, the white of the mushrooms spreading through the substrate. And it does feel weird. So it does scratch that itch. And I know the week after like a New Year's week, roughly, I'm going to have a load of oyster mushrooms that I've grown, a load of microgreens. I've got pea shoots on at the moment as well and do something really cool with some like mushroom and microgreen wraps. And again, that's stuff that we've grown and it's certainly full of nutrients that our bodies need at this time of year. So it's exciting. We are absolutely delighted to tell you that the Food Grower podcast team have now launched the brilliant Food Grower Academy. We genuinely believe that growing your own food just got easier. Food Grower Academy is a complete set of resources for food growers of any size, from those that want to grow for them and their family, for local allotments or communities looking to feed themselves, to food growing businesses or small farms that want to feed the local area. It is a membership that provides in-depth, practical training and resources on all aspects of food growing plus the community support you need to achieve your food growing goals. Have a look at what the membership includes, find out whether it's for you and join us over at academy.foodgrower.co.uk. That's academy.foodgrower.co.uk. We are delighted to have partnered on the Food Grower podcast with React Tools. React Tools are the number one place for market gardening and growers tools in the UK. We have seen tools like the Jang Cedar, Paper Pot Transplanter, and the Iconoclast Tilther across the world and being envious of growers with access to them. Well, now you can get your hands on all of these and much more. All shipped free from the UK on any order over £100. Make your food growing easier and more efficient with the best market gardening tools on the market. Plus, with the partnership with us, the Food Grower Academy, we're now giving 5% of all purchases back as tools to new community or not-for-profit growing projects. Head over now to reagtools.co.uk. That's R-E-A-G tools.co.uk. We have another question from Benson. Um, what advice would you, would you give for selling field crops to restaurants? As in, what would you recommend or discourage? I sell to two good ones. And they have said, bring us whatever you can grow and we'll make something out of it. I think having restaurants like this um, is amazing. Um, they're like, for me, there was always like the backup. If you've got a restaurant saying, bring me what you can, they're the people that like, uh, are like your backup restaurant. If like you have a farmer's market, you don't sell everything or you 
um, just have a crop that you felt like people were going to buy and not buy. Like, let's say, like, for example, I always grew spring onion and they didn't sell like amazingly well. They were like, they look like leeks. They were like incredible looking. It wasn't that some people would get it. Some people wouldn't. So I always had like a glut, but then um, my restaurants, like when I said I've got them, they, they would take them. Um, I would say re- uh, selling field crops at restaurants. I would recommend adding edible flowers. Um, I'm just going to say this because I had one bed, one 10 meter long bed of violas that the violas like will last. I mean, as long as you can keep them from dying, um, I've figured out I sold enough. I could have got a grand out of this one bed, but I had like loads of people wanting them. Cake makers want them. Um, So cake makers, cocktail people, um, meat and cheese platter company bought like they would go like i want 600 this week and it was ridiculous but they are so such an abundant little plant and i was just finding that was like the hot property hot property of the farm this year was uh edible violas and pansies um but yeah like have nasturtiums in the garden really good for biodiversity bringing the bees but also uh they're incredible to sell um and the chefs want the small flowers the big flower um Small leaves and and the flowers. Um, borage is always good, um, but when you plant borage, you'll never not have borage. It's incredibly invasive, but it's a beautiful plant. Um, yeah, quirky stuff as well. Lemon thyme, um, little things like that. But then we would. recommend like personally that's like from a small plot like no to cauliflower no to broccoli no to brussels sprouts because i feel like you wait everything wants to eat them and you just do a lot to save them and then you never get 100 percent of the crop like you might get 60 percent, and then they're quite notoriously cheap so i would that was that'd be my recommendation and something to like maybe avoid yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like that, that is something that when we talk about different ways of selling, um, I call like limited risk or no risk customers. They're the ones that you're not specifically carving space out or putting crops in for, but you have those crops inevitably left over. So we had a couple of people like that, um, other veg box schemes or chefs and those sorts of people that would take what we had. And that was really important to us because we had a veg box scheme where people could take time off to go on holiday or necessarily didn't want a box or some people didn't didn't want certain crops in it. And we had grown them anyway because that's what our crop plan said. And so we needed those non-stress, um, low-risk customers to take those off our hands. One, so that we maximized our profit and two, to make sure we minimized our waste. Um, and that was super, super important to us. So yeah, spot on with that, Jack. That's, that's really good stuff. Um, and it sounds like you've got two really good examples there, Benson, um, to almost use as a template for customers you look for in the future. Like see what you like about those two good ones. Look for people that have a similar way of interacting with you a similar like ethos in the way that they cook a similar ethos in the way that they use different crops and local things because they are people that you're going to want to work with um and one thing i'd say that 
look, money is a difficult thing at the moment for families, but also for businesses and restaurants. But it is really important that you get paid for what you do. And there's been a lot of companies that have started up that distribute crops to chefs in and out of the city or whatever. And they have, um, not all of them, I can't say that, but there's been a couple that didn't pay. They only paid on like 90 day terms. And then there was one massive one last year that went down the Swanee and then they didn't pay out and they owed farmers in this country a lot of money. So what I would say is try and speak to restaurants that you know either one are going to pay you on 30 day terms or two are happy to like put some credit in or pay in advance or pay on a weekly basis because you need to make sure that you get paid for what you deliver. And sometimes there are big distributors of veg in this country, imported veg or big wholesalers that give chefs these really long terms that make it difficult for us smaller growers but we know cash flow in the middle of the season is really important so yeah i would have that conversation early in starting a relationship with with restaurants and chefs and if they're a smaller smaller setup they'll know what it's like and if they're a proper chef they'll know what that's like and they'll appreciate you having that conversation early on yeah definitely second that completely second that yeah we no, I just hope that's answered the question. I mean, we could elaborate on that in so many ways and we can extend that on the Discord as well. Um, if you want to, yeah, totally. That's that's a great question. So this is exciting because um, it's something I've been reading about. This question comes from Chris. Um, let's talk mushies. Would you recommend wine cap spawn for inoculation of wood chip paths on an allotment? If so, when would be the best time? Great question. I would actually wait till spring um, because the great thing about the uh, wine caps is if you over, if you densely populate the mycelium, you're going to get results pretty quickly. Um, I'll give, I've not personally done it yet, but definitely going to do it this year. But I saw Spicy Moustache, um, Alessandro, done it in a really small bed. And I think he put, a decent amount down so like um in a wood chip i think he might have had straw or wood chip but you can layer it like um like wood chip cardboard wood chip cardboard and straw blah 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 but all this stuff that the mycelium is going to eat and um, i'm no joke i think he got uh, mushrooms coming out six to eight weeks so um yeah you could do it as early as spring i would not bother in winter um I mean, we had a really good conversation about when to do logs and you actually put the spawn in the fridge. So it's pretty much the same temperatures outside, but I would maybe wait for it to just like let the temperatures balance themselves out and then do it. Um, yeah. And I think that's just going to speed it up a little bit better. So maybe and, and potentially lack of log. So I'd wait till spring. So maybe maybe like April, maybe like April, March, April and give it a go chris because that's when i'll be doing it for sure yeah and that's why if you look on sort of we got we had a brilliant podcast with elliot from urban farming and it's someone who supplies us with real tools is that um you look onto their website and they'll say that the wine cap is sort of renowned for how well it not only grows in any environment but that they can tolerate mild heat which not a lot of uk mushrooms or certainly the ones that we're talking about can tolerate like the heat that we had last summer but wine caps can, they grow relatively quickly and they can tolerate heat. So um, wood chip or straw is brilliant for it. If, if you go in wood chip, as with most mushrooms, hardwood wood chip is going to be much, much better. Oh, yeah, one yeah, of sure. the tips, one of the tips I got from Elliot when he came down and visited us on the farm, because we did set up a wine cap mushroom um, 
block and a winter oyster um, block and they both did pretty well but one of the things he did say was that when you get wood chip if you get hardwood wood chip from a um, tree surgeon or something have a good dig around through it and make sure that there isn't any existing mycelium or contaminants any mold in it those sorts of things because you can put as much um, sort of uh, spawn in there as you like if there's a more powerful strain of something or or sort of like a, a disease in there then it can pretty much just wipe out the spawn that you spent money on and putting in so there are some really good um suppliers of hardwood wood chip that you can actually buy a bag of and you know it's going to be clean or just be really vigilant but it's a great one it's a really great one um and i know a couple of we've had some good chats on the discord about mushrooms at the moment i've got 500 um shiitake mushroom dows coming which is going to be graft but it's going yeah, to be I've got to do the same, mate. Come. i've got to do the same uh for this pub um we're gonna have like it's stacked along the fence in the shade opposite the terrace so yeah i'm very excited for that and i've got uh a shiitake set up in a woodlands that i done last summer so by this summer autumn I should have should have a load I hope yeah there's a lot there um right Chris so you said about the to soak the wood chip in water for 24 hours let them ferment and self-sterilize um you might that must be for like a small a very small um small batch or small area um we we're talking about like pathways on a farm so you just go straight into the pathways if that's what you mean i'm not we're not talking about growing them in bags or i'm not just want to i mean if you can do it it would be insane. it would be amazing but i think it'd be yeah it would be quite a job to get a big like ton bag full of water and and do yeah it. i think it might, it might be a bit tough we we can talk about that in the um in the discord mate if you want we'll open that conversation up but what we like about on the pathways we're making the pathways edible. Is like a gap between our growing space that we're also making a growing space and we're not compacting them as we step with our feet if anything you are like breaking mycelium cords and you can make them stronger so you are not like you are being a part of the system and by like actually having that shit like us hit it with our foot is almost like a tree falling as well it can kind of shock them and wake them up um so that's that's something as well that goes really deep um really good open conversation about it i'd love to have so yeah we'll whack it in the discord for sure um but for now chris what what do we want to do how do we win some prizes yeah absolutely so we're going to give you a couple of minutes to get into the chat box basically we are looking for three people to come on that have to unmute um preferably on video but we'll, we'll let you off if you, you don't want to do that um but unmute and they're going to answer three of our fast quick quick um questions from the podcast and um, we want to hear from you members of the academy and what your three quick fire question answers are and for those three people you'll win a 15 pound premier seas direct voucher so when you do do that crop planning in january you can get 15 quids of seeds absolutely free which is uh yeah a hell of a lot of seeds i think um which is cool so we need you to put your name in the chat box if you just want to say, hey, yeah, I want to do it. If there is more than three of you, I'll stick all the names into a randomizer, into a, a hat here, and we'll pick them out and get you on. 
So get into that chat box if you want to win 15 quid's worth of Premier Seeds Direct Vouchers and get your seeds for this year for free. Um, just while you do that, so we'll give you, I reckon, four minutes to get in that chat box and do it. Just whilst we do that, um, just one question that popped up that I wanted to cover. Um, how do you make a pond as wildlife friendly as possible, especially for frogs? And Jack, you did an awesome podcast episode on wildlife ponds. So if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to that. But yeah, please um, give us an insight on that one, man, because I'm about to do the same. Um, so make it as wildlife friendly. So for example, I would say make sure that the... Um, so I used a quarter of a whiskey barrel, something nice and easy that can be uh, like sealed just through the nature of a barrel. Like as it, the water goes in, it kind of like uh, spreads and seals itself. Um, it also, um, so just getting good plants in there. So some good plant life, aquatic plants, oxygenated plants as well. But those aquatic plants, some of them have flowers. So like, uh, you're attracting um, some good insects, good wildlife in. Also make sure that the you have different levels to the wildlife pond. Just don't have it at one depth. So by adding levels, you've got um, certain aquatic life that will uh, harbour at certain levels. Um, also, if you have like, stones in, if anything falls in, it can get out. Um, but also as well, like if there's some stones that are like, um, it's half submerged, half out, and small insects like a bee, like a dragonfly, can land on the water and have a drink. So that's really important as well. And then just surround the outside of the pond with like big rocks, small rocks for more wildlife to to harbour and to relax. Some stuff might, some stuff, um, stuff. I keep saying stuff. Not, it's not good <laughs> English. Um, but like. Some animals, some wildlife might not enjoy the water, but enjoy the moisture around the pond. So you're almost creating a microclimate around the pond. So I'd say like big rocks, small rocks, certain plants that might like the uh, the moisture around the beds, um, um, around the pond. So just adding all those different elements, different levels, different structures, different plants is going to all create a micro ecosystem. And then within that one space, um, there's going to be, animals and plants on the edge of it within it and just being attracted to it so i think it's a really exciting spot to have a, a vocal point on your on your allotment or your patch and um, because of the amount of diversity that is um coming off it and um, within it um so i would definitely recommend um having a wildlife patch and and then just by what i said there different uh different levels different plants um and you're going to attract the right things to to stay at that wildlife pond or let it know it's there let them know it's there love it absolutely love it great tips and and do check that podcast out and um yeah. jump on jack's instagram as well there's some good stuff on there about the wildlife ponds he's made um i really really appreciate that because as i say i'm doing it in two weeks time one something yeah. that the, the reason i'm doing it so early and you might think oh, it's gonna be freezing digging that out but actually it'll allow me to make use of the rainwater that's coming down to fill it because i think if you do it in the middle of june and we've got problems with there's not been any rain you fill it with um tap water then there's all sorts of problems about the ecosystem balancing out again isn't it you'd never sort of put tap water straight into a fish tank you have to let it sit for a few weeks so 
rainwater is going to be a far more natural solution to that so that is it though that's our cut off for prize for prizes so let's get a few people on then and ask these questions shall we um shall we start first name in was liam liam do you want to unmute yourself um and uh let me see liam are you there mate yeah i'm here yeah hello mate how are you yeah i'm good like i've not been on this for a while i've not had a like an evening free to get on so it's good to get on i'm glad you're here and i'm glad you're um you're organ are you organized enough that you're pretty much your christmas wrapping up is done so that you could jump on or are you neglecting some uh present wrapping right now oh no i'll try and get it done like so early but it always gets to december and i'm like got everyone apart from them apart from the missus literally i'm sort of seeing like the mushroom kits and i'm trying to hint that i want one of those for christmas as well so <laughs> hopefully if i speak loud enough she can hear me <laughs> <laughs> love it absolutely love it have you had um so you you run a uh, loading timber with it's it, it's with your dad isn't it and you make these awesome yeah. trucks do you want to tell us a little bit like that, about that whilst you're here uh well yeah like just literally we started about eight or so years ago like obviously doing gardening and all this and then it's literally my dad's ideas and everything and then it's literally like pouring down with rain gardening was like and I was like oh, I can't be doing this like getting up every morning doing that and then we just got in the shed and started building all this stuff together and then even like growing food it all sort of came from that and trying to get kids involved basically mm. that was our main aim so yeah that's and then we'd literally just gone further and further and just tried to get like more and more stuff basically yeah love it well go and go guys if you're you're what listening to this watching this uh go check out loldine timber on instagram because they've got some lovely trucks probably a bit late for christmas now but uh maybe a new year's <laughs> present yeah Right, we're going to put you through our pace, your paces, Liam, with these. Uh, we've picked out three of the quickfire questions that you're normally here on the Food Grower podcast. Um, so let's kick this off then. Jack, do you want to do the first one? Yeah, what's your favourite tool to use, Liam? On the uh, You can't on... say your trugs either, by the way. We've given you an opportunity <laughs> to plug them. I'd prepared, I'd prepared that answer straight away. <laughs> That's that trug, yeah. Uh, you know what? I think it was like, Jack might have said it before, but it's or someone else. It's either like your iPhone or like even so simple. I'll just have like a pen and paper. Mm. Like I can be doing stuff and I will forget it so easily. Like whilst I'm on the veg beds, and I'll be like, "Well, I need to plant that." Two minutes later, I'm doing something else. <laughs> so I need to write stuff down list it so i can cross it off so it's done yeah otherwise yeah otherwise i'm doing something else yeah totally so i'd say pen and paper probably 
Love it. On the plot anyway. It's a really good answer. And the iPhone iPhone's just as good an answer as well because you've got all the mar- marketing functions, taking photos, doing Instagram. Yeah. Also, the amount of things like all last year on my home screen, I just added Google Sheets link to something called Game Plan. And that was basically my yeah. crop plan, but broken down by dates. So at any point I'm out on the patch, out on the plot, out on the farm, I could hit that button and know what I was meant to be doing that day. And that's something that we'll we'll go through when we do crop planning. But good answer, mate um but yeah also trugs um <laughs> oh, definitely <laughs> your favorite growing hack liam oh my days that's that, a hard one yeah it's a bit of an on the spot one isn't it i think um yeah is there something that you've done this year or or like seen something on youtube or instagram that you've like implemented straight away or uh you know what like one of the main things i think we've gardening by itself is sort of kind of like just enjoying it because Mm. I think it's always been like I think it's become more kind of cool now but before it always used to be like the stereotypical like oh what you doing weekend oh I've got a garden like it's sort of people's chore whereas now I think the hack is sort of like to enjoy it like enjoy the like successes and the failures yeah because i learn so much from basically <laughs> screwing up on the plot like doing stuff and just and sometimes it does get on top of you you're like oh, i can't I can't be bothered with this like veg anymore like getting eaten but you've just sort of got to just go with it and that's kind of a hack or a bit of a hack job of an answer, actually. <laughs> but, but like, yeah, I think it it boils down to enjoying the space, even if there's like wins and failures and then maybe learning from them, but just being there is almost like, um, yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. Just some, just being there and enjoying it instead of worrying about it and getting bothered too much. It, yeah. the, the art of being there. So there's a, a Chinese proverb and it's like the best fertilizer is a gardener's shadow and it's just meaning just being there is like just being there you're going to do good Uh, and and that that good reflects back on us mental health and um all that sort of stuff so yeah no i like that answer mate um but we are chris we uh, well guys we was gonna we was going down the uh podcast list and we forgot a few um but I think we should ask the coffee a big question as the third one. It's got to be. Yeah. So, Liam, uh, what what yeah. do you prefer, morning coffee, uh, looking at your space, or do you like an afternoon beer in the summer? Enjoy it. Uh, it'd have to be a coffee. Oh, I was actually shocked you said that. I've seen you with a few <laughs> beers before on Instagram. Uh, like, one, I think if I had a beer, like, just one beer, I'd be, like, on the floor. but uh the coffee my coffee habit is not good like the amount of coffee we get through is a lot but you know like when you're on your block that black and you've got the cooker yeah or coffee or something like that it's just so good but it makes it you you got to work for it as well especially if you're in the stove so that's what i like about it and also because like my veg beds are like in the garden and the polytunnels in the garden, I might get some like 
weird looks from my neighbours if I'm just going down with a beer can just in the garden. <laughs> True. <laughs> Embrace it, mate. Embrace the weird looks. Yeah. Liam, mate, thank you so much for answering those three questions. Thanks so much. That's going to be great. And there is a £15 premises direct voucher on its way to you, mate. Oh, sweet. Oh, cheers. <laughs> nice one. Merry Christmas, mate. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you too. Right, next name on the list then. So the next one that came up was Benson. Gary Benson, are you there, mate? Can you unmute? I'm going to ask to unmute, see if you're there. I'm going to ask the same three questions, so you've had a little bit more uh, time to prepare. Should we do Naomi? Yeah, come back. Uh, Naomi, then, um, do you want to unmute your microphone and we'll ask you the same three questions? That simple, and you'll be... Yeah, no worries. Hey, how are we doing? Hey, yeah. how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. How's your uh, Christmas prep going? Um, uh, We're working right up to it. We're doing tree surgery up until the Friday, so... um. Yeah, very little Christmas prep. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird one, yeah, this, isn't it? Because it's all on the weekend and then we get like Monday yeah, that's it. and then back to work. It's, yeah, it's a short one. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us and, and uh, agreeing to do this. So, shall we kick it off with your favorite tool? Um, our plot, the plot that I'm doing is um, we're having to use plugs for the probably first two years. Mm -hmm. because we're having to flip the soil it's um full of docks um so we've done a really gentle till so yeah my probably favorite um tool is using the dibber because we're bringing in plug plants um i've got one of the charles dowden's like long dibbers and it's just brilliant on the back like straddling the path dip dip yeah. all the way down and then just chuck them in um yeah it's been a bit of a game changer um trying to get all the plugs in in time so yeah that would be on a on a on a plug using point of view amazing love that anything that can save the back is a is a big big win there's like um there's a yeah. tool <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a tool that react yeah. tools have that comes from TerraTech and always like just draw looking at the TerraTech website and they have a plug planter that is essentially like you drop the plants in the top and you can almost like stab it through mypex or membrane drop the plug in and yeah. move to the next one it looks like a an orange pogo stick but it's um yeah it's it's incredible Do you stand on it yeah yeah that's it yeah you you, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you use the and then there's a pedal or a lever that drops the plug in so you can almost like line up the plugs in the in the yeah it's expensive yeah. but um yeah it's on the list of like wish i had that because i could do it saving yeah. my back <laughs> love it thanks naomi that's a good one that's okay. second question is a favorite growing hack if you've had um think of it yeah mine's been people have probably been doing this already but um where we were prepping the cabbages and just taking the outer leaves off we would just um chuck them on the bed next to us and just leave use it as like a live compost or nice and um there was points when we were stacking it up and chucking it and it was just like stopping little tiny little weeds come up and then spreading it out it was just um rather than lugging it to a compost bay just flipping it onto the empty bed and it was just um it was just a dream yeah that's um, really cool 
worked. Yeah. It, it works on any scale as well. That's what I love about that tip because we used to do it when we were, say, um, like picking kale or anything. As you're picking the kale for when we were doing veg box scheme, we pick the good stuff, but pick the bad stuff and just drop it between the kale plants. So you're actually yeah. the same sort of thing. You're creating this living mulch whilst doing not only harvesting, but also pruning to, to make the plants improve and feeding that soil food web. That's a great answer. Yeah. I mean, mine was completely by accident. I was thinking, oh, I'll put this there and I'll clean it next week when I'm here at the plot. <laughs> and then I went, oh, that's amazing. Nothing's going back and it's all started to mulch down. I was like, this is banging. I'm loving this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are, there, are, there are the composting methods of creating big, long lines of of your 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 compost heap rather than it being in heaps in lines and using the wind that travels across to help with that. And so, yeah, it's, yeah. It's two birds, one stone there. I love it. Yeah. So the ultimate question, do you prefer, whilst um, being on the farm or the plot, wherever you are, a morning coffee or tea or an afternoon beer or wine? Uh, I've just finished mine, so it's, I'm going to have to confess and it's going to be a beer. Um, <laughs> Nicely yeah. done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we norm- I normally get to my plot quite late, um, or it's on a weekend, just because I work full-time as a tree surgeon. So, um, mm. yeah, it tends to be that I've already got the flask of coffee there, um so i just treat myself to the beer and that's when i can enjoy it most and just sort of look out and watch the sunset and it's just yeah dreamy love it <laughs> great answer yeah. and i tell you what another benefit of a wildlife bond if you need to keep the beers cold just float yeah. them in the top with a bag <laughs> right i'm putting that on my list next <laughs> <laughs> top tip for that's, getting a wildlife. that's getting written down 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. Love it. Naomi, thanks so much. £15 voucher for Premier Seeds Direct coming your way. Um, oh, brilliant. Drop us a message Cheers, with your please. email address and we'll, we'll sort that out for you. Yeah, spot on. Cheers, Jack, as well. Merry yeah, Christmas. No Love it. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Cheers. Take Love care. Love it. So that is uh, two vouchers. We've got one voucher left. Gary, are you there, mate? Gary Benson. Um, if you can unmute wonderful if not that's absolutely fine and we'll see if anyone else wants to pick up that last voucher um yeah we're not getting that's absolutely fine if you don't want to benson no problem at all if anyone else wants to answer just those few questions to win themselves a 15 pound voucher um then jump into the chat now but we will pretty much if if no one jumps in there we will leave it there um because we've taken up enough of your Christmas week. Um, but we are really, really grateful for you coming on and chatting to us um, and and really grateful for everyone sticking around. It's been nice to have a little bit of a review of, of the year and chat through what's gone well, what hasn't gone well, um, and, and chat through the things that are coming next year. Next year, there's some really exciting stuff um, coming into the Academy. And we, we're really excited to take, like both Jack and I are going on slightly new journeys in the next year. And it's exciting to be able to take the take you with us on those, but also come on your journeys and come along with what you grow through this year. Um, and, and I think it'll be really important if we jump on, say in January, Jack, and go through some, some targets about... Um, what we would like to get out and then maybe we could review it at the end of the season. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, it's great for everyone to start a new year. We'll start fresh. 
see what's coming this year. Um, and it's exciting. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing like everyone's plot develop. I'm pretty sure we'll be sending pictures in of like seeing everyone's plot start and then see the abundance in summer because we started this like late autumn. So yeah, uh, we was right at the end of the season. So it'd be, yeah, it's cool. And then just don't forget, just if you've got a question, ask, we're here to answer. Um, and then also that, as we were saying earlier, like we've all got pieces of the puzzle. Um, so let's get involved make the community work and, and let's let's grow I'm, I'm a bit i'm itching now I'm, I'm just putting compost down i'm putting wood chip down as naomi knows loads about wood chip <laughs> but um yeah i'm putting loads down at the minute and i just it's just nice to get things sorted i think what once you start growing as well you can start vis- like looking at a bit of land and envisioning what it's going to look like um so i've at the minute i'm just promising people that i'm doing jobs for this is what it will look like um yeah they're yet to see the uh the end result but it's exciting to know it's coming it is and uh, like i saw one of those you know like those um i'm gonna say tacky and upset people now but you know they're like the tacky wooden signs that you get just inside the door at garden centers that have got like life is a dream that or whatever fucking saying on but one that i really liked was that um uh growing food is cheaper than a therapist and you get tomatoes like and it was just the best fucking thing i've ever seen i was like that's gotta go on a t-shirt and it's absolutely true and even at this time of year it might be freezing cold but i tell you what an audio book or a podcast i've heard there's a one about food growing that's really good um in your ears barrowing compost barrowing wood chip like if the family gets a bit too much for you at christmas that is a great way to unwind and and get outdoors so look next year is going to be great fun i'm really really grateful that you're all here with us doing it um and well there's not much more to be said but then if you celebrate christmas merry christmas um happy holidays and we look forward to chatting more in 2023 yeah ciao ciao See you next year. Thanks, guys. Cheers for sticking around. This podcast is brought to you free by the Food Grower Academy. If you want to make your food growing easier, head over to academy.foodgrower.co.uk.